Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 11, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot to discuss today. First, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew were out in force, not necessarily just once today, but more than once today. We're going to get to that when we review the intraday activity. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart. And I urge you to pay attention tonight because you're going to see how when things appear one way on the daily chart, they can appear a different way on other charts. And then ultimately, they begin to come together. So we're going to go through a bunch of different charts and a bunch of different scenarios I'm going to draw a bunch of trend lines. We're going to look at a lot of different things tonight. This is going to be an important video, not only for a where's the market at standpoint, but also from a learning experience standpoint. Let's kind of go back a second and review where we are in the daily chart and really what happened. So the market made a low on the 4th of October, just a few days ago. Then it goes back and forth for a while and has a gap up on Thursday. Now, what happened on Thursday? They ran a test of the breakdown candle high right here where the high was 440.04, also a big fat round number. No accidents or coincidences, by the way. And by getting above it during the day, that was one thing. Closing below it, it leaves it at they ran a test. Until they get above it and close daily above it, and first they have to start closing hourly above it, once they do that, the door opens for something else to develop on the north side of that price level. But until they do, all they did was run a test. Now, what happened from there? Well, first, we identified an important spot. 438.24, that became our bogey, not only from an intraday perspective, but that came an important spot because we knew if price started getting below that number, closing hourly and then daily below that number, there were going to be lower prices in the future. The market would have an appointment with the gap down below. Now, the gap was filled today, but that's not the whole story of what happened today. The first thing I want to do is take a look at this from an hourly chart perspective. Wait till you see what else is on the board. Here's that important number, 438.24, is this hourly chart breakup candle low. It's an important spot. So they get below it and they close below it. And a lot of times, most times, I'll tell you that's like a flare up in the air. It's almost like a signal, the market saying, hey, we didn't stay above, we closed below. Even if we get back above, you have to watch out. We're probably going lower. That's the way I interpret that most of the time. However, that doesn't mean they're definitely going lower. So for example, all of a sudden they pop back above and they start getting above, and now they play games with that number. But all of a sudden today, in the first hour of trading, they have what's called, in the trading parlance, a reversal candle. It's a big time up move after making a low early in the morning. They had a little bit of a gap down this morning. The market reversed, and they had a good finish on the hour. So under normal, Garden variety conditions, this is what I would say. This is what I did say. They got back above 438.24. As long as they're back above 438.24, they're poised to go up 
to continue this routine where they were eating time off the clock, and they're going to go up and fill this gap up here. That comes in at a price of 442 68 64 depending on what chart you're looking at. What I just described, based on the information that the market was providing back to me, is what would happen the majority of the time. What's the majority of the time? Using the 80-20 rule, about 8 out of 10 times, that scenario that was just laid out is going to be right. However, there's always the other side of the coin. Today, instead of, and here's not just where it ends, but this was really more of the beginning. Because even though they had a big-time reversal candle in the first hour of trading, what they could be doing is even getting below 438.24, they could now be running a test of this breakup candle low, 436.90. This is a mouthful, but let me explain further. This is regular way options expiration week. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean any one thing in particular, but what it does mean to me is, quote, weird stuff happens, unquote. I say it each and every month that this time rolls around. The third week of the month is regular way options expiration. Doesn't have anything to do with the weekly expirations and all that stuff. This is just the traditional from the standpoint of traders that are dinosaurs in this business, this is regular way options expiration, weird stuff happens, period, full stop. So with that in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're going to give up 438.24 as they come down, this is in the morning, and they're going to run a test, and that's going to be it. But that didn't hold either. And once that didn't hold, guess what? The door opened for the gap, and you'll see this inside the numbers explained like this, but you'll also see the fact, and you have to just call it what it is, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew fooled me today. There's no doubt about it. I had the market going up to fill the gap. That was wrong. I was wrong. I got a pie in the face. Now let's continue on. Let's take it a step or two further. Now that they failed, what do we have on our hands? A, they didn't even think about stopping at the gap after all this nonsense earlier in the day. They filled the gap into the close. That's generally a signal that that wasn't the destination. That's generally a signal there's another destination lower, and where does that leave us? Either tomorrow morning or, and this is a likely scenario, and they could do it twice. They can do it with the thieves in the night, this is where they do the lower numbers with the futures overnight. And then all of a sudden, by the opening bell, they've turned the market around. And what they've essentially done is issue another pie in the face for traders that bought the puts or shorted the market in the afternoon. Now they're holding, hoping they get a big gap down at the opening bell and they'll get paid. And they may, it may work out that way because I do believe that the destination is lower. I don't believe the destination was the number they closed on today. But how they achieved that destination, they could do it with the thieves in the night where the futures dip down and then they're trading higher by the opening bell or at least higher than the low. And all this under the guise of it's options expiration and weird stuff happens. But that's not it. But wait, there's more. The next question becomes, 
Well, where are they going? And more importantly, why? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Remember, this was a breakout when they gapped up. We talked about this. This is a valid trend line. And the question becomes, are they coming back to run a test of this trend line? Now, can they get below and close hourly below? It starts looking like a failure if they do. Can they get below and not close hourly below? And guess what? It's still valid until they do. Write this down on a sticky note. But wait, there's more. This is the ES contract. And as you can see, it's really a mirror image of the S&P 500. They're all the same, but they don't all trade at exactly the same number. The S&P cash index, the SPY, which is an exchange traded fund, and the S&P futures contract, they're all different, but they're tracking the same thing. This one already met its trend line. The question is, what happens overnight? What happens by the open tomorrow? What I can tell you is, and I would get out the sticky notepad again, that if this trend line fails, not only will they go down, but the first order of business would be about, at least on this screen here, this is the ES, would be about 43.15, 43.12 in that ballpark. That's where the doorway would open to. And I'm not saying that would be the end of the decline, but that would be the first place they would likely want to run a test of. Whether that was a successful test or not, and where you're coming from, if you're in the bull or the bear camp, that'll determine what the next move is. Going back to the SPY chart, looking at that same general zone, it's a different number in the SPY than it is in the ES contract. Inside the number members, we'll have the exact numbers if and as needed tomorrow. How do I get them? Part of it is obvious. Part of it is things that I discuss each and every night and that are found in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. I come up with all the numbers using all the stuff that I teach on an ongoing basis. And then there's that last 2% element that's a secret. But the general zone is not a secret. How about inside the numbers? What we're gonna do today in the interest of time so that I can review other stuff, I gave you the synopsis. I got faked out, it's in here. So what I'm gonna do is scroll up, let you pause the video, go back to the charts, double check the work. By the way, there's still stuff in here that's valuable, support and resistance, there's learnable information in here. I'm just saying that I certainly got taken to the woodshed by the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Not once, but twice. But here's the one thing I can assure you. Come tomorrow, I come ready to go, in uniform. It will be laundered and pressed. I'm coming to play. So let's run through the commentary, and then we'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. We always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's an interesting factoid. Let's take a look at this chart I posted at 10.10. Let's look at the bigger picture. Here's one of those learnable opportunities. And here's where I'm gonna tie it back to a different chart. Again, get the sticky note ready, but pay attention to this one, it's a good one. So we're talking bigger picture, what are they doing? At the time, this is what they were doing from where I sat. So we talk about ABC patterns. So they have a move up, they're having a pullback, now they've had a reversal candle, so they're telling me it's likely an ABC, and where are they going? They're gonna go fill the gap or higher. 
So it all kind of lines up, it adds up. Forget the wall of worry stuff. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about the numbers and the charts. So what I'm saying is, using the 80-20 rule, this is what the duck says at the time. We got an ABC working until we don't. All right, fair enough. Let's shimmy back to the charts. Now let's get the visual of what I was talking about. Here's the move up. Here's the pullback at the time. This is where they started to go higher and failed. So it's a failure. So they were going to fill the gap. Now that they filled the gap and closed below the gap, they're going to the trend line. What if they get below the trend line? If they go below the trend line, that's the most bearish scenario until they're back above the trend line. It opens the door for, let's just say, in the SPY world, 431, 431.50, maybe down to 431. It's a big fat round number. You can't necessarily take that off the table at all. And that's just for starters. That's not to say they won't break these lows. Okay, fair enough. When you pull up a 120-minute chart, is it hard or easy to make the case that this could be an ABC corrective type of pattern? Could have done the same thing on the hourly chart. It's just another perspective. By the way, how much of a retracement is this when you take into an account the low and the high? I don't have to measure it out. It's about 50%, give or take. It's fine. Guess what? That's normal garden variety market behavior. So when you stretch things out a little bit and you just take a long view and you say, well, maybe they're going to collapse, but what if they're not going to collapse? What else would they be doing? And how would I know whether... If they're doing what they are doing, how do I know that that's wrong and we have a trend line to tell us? Here's a 240 chart. Let's say they get below the trend line. Where's the first place they want to run a test of? Remember the breakup candle low. What's the low? 431.19. Maybe it's 431.50. Maybe it's 430.50. Something in that camp is where they would want to run a test of. They would have an appointment. They would have an appointment with the Department of Education. Not sure you really want that appointment these days. Now, what if we go back to the daily chart and we take this line off and we say, all right, they ran a test of a breakdown candle high. They're pulling back a couple of days later. They filled a gap. There's a lot of stuff going on in here. How do we know that? Because the market was caught. Now, here's where the psychology and the art form comes into play, and it's less scientific and mathematic-based. Again, sticky note time. The market made a low here, and it did a retest here. So we know there are buyers in here. Is there going to play defense in here? Meaning, are the defense, special teams, whatever it is, going to be sent out on the field, or is this going to fail immediately and get below this low? And you have to say to yourself, it's options expiration week. They came down to fill a gap. They had reason to retest the low and find support. They retested a low here. The test was here. They found support after having an excuse here and here to fail. They chose not to. They had a gap up. What's really happening? Is this just a test or are they really failing? That's the psychology behind what's going to happen. It's going to be showtime on Tuesday morning if they're trading down at the open. A gap down is going to suck a lot of short players into the market. It's going to look like a failure, 
And before assessing whether it really is a failure, you really should wait for the hour to close. At 10.30, are they above or below that trend line that you saw on the hourly, the 120, the 240 chart? That's taking the long view from a short-term perspective. By the way, not to mention earnings season is upon us, so expect more volatility. That doesn't just mean down. That means in both directions, wide swings. So we got off the beaten track, so I just want to reiterate. The chart here, from an hourly perspective before the failure, was saying this could be an ABC and we could be in the C leg up that would complete above the high of the A leg. And that's what we're saying here. However, that's off the table, but when you go to a larger time frame like we just did, technically that concept is still on the table. Ultimately, the low of the B leg changes if it's still going to be that type of pattern. That's all. All right, let's get back to letting you read, if you're interested, the commentary, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. Just because today I wasn't necessarily in sync with the market doesn't mean most days I'm not. I am. And here is the end of the day. And by the way, if you read the notes, what you'll see is there was a failure based on the failure. Unless they got back above X, then they're going to go to Y. They did all that stuff. So they did the Y thing. They went down to fill the gap. Me personally, I didn't trade it down to fill the gap. I packed it in from a trading perspective. Obviously, there were traders from inside the numbers that wrote it down to the gap. Good on you. Nice trade. Stocks on the move. Two hit their price objectives today. The first one would be Uber, and the second one would be Comcast. We're going to take a look at those charts. The rest didn't hit their price or entry objective or target. Therefore, they're off the table. We want our numbers, not somebody else's. Uber, the number on the board was 46.35. That number hit into the end of the day, and they ate time off the clock over it. For those two reasons, and those two reasons alone, it was a no trade. That's not the type of way we want to see them into the number and have a reaction from the number. That's a meltdown with a destination elsewhere, likely into tomorrow. Maybe the second number. Comcast. Same thing on the second number. The first number started to work. It didn't work. It only worked a little bit. It was a bunt, and the runner was thrown out at first base. I'm looking for a minimum of 50 cents on a trade like this to take off at least the first half, if not all of it, depending on the stock and the day, how I feel, the situation. Those type of decisions are a trader's choice, whether you want to hold or not. However, I wasn't looking only for 30 or 35 cents or whatever it did, so it came back down, and herein lies again, where at least today, I was smarter and took it off and said, I'll just lick my chops, and I took it off with basically a scratch out. It wasn't a lick chops, it was more like a lick a wound. And then after eating time off the clock, coming into the second number at the end of the day, that's a non-starter also. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Some interesting stuff. They haven't got to their gap yet. Why is that? So technically, and this is my favorite market leading indicator, and here's the main reason why. You can see here as clear as day that they're trading with relative strength against the SPY. Okay, fair enough. 
you still have higher lows. They haven't filled the gap yet. They were down less than the SPY was today, not by that much, but albeit it was still less. So it falls into the relative strength camp. So when I see relative strength, I see stuff like a gap that wasn't filled yet. They already filled the SPY gap. Again, on the table is something like this. Maybe the destination in the S&P 500 is a little bit lower. Maybe the destination in the IWM is a little bit lower. Maybe it's the gap. Maybe they're still going to have another higher low. That's going to be a good gauge that we should pay attention to. Does the IWM put in another higher low or do they break that sequence? And when I draw these trend lines in, realize this is like a hypothesis. It's a hypothetical. There is no trend line. It's the market knows that this trend line exists. The market's the one that drew the trend line, not me. It's not exact to the penny, to the bottom of this tail, to the bottom of this tail, to the bottom of this tail. It's close. The point is that it's not me or you drawing the trend line. It's the market drawing the trend line, making the higher lows, telling us that if it breaks, we have something to look at. If it breaks, meaning the sequence of higher lows, then we can say, well, hey, the door's open for this pivot low or this pivot low or this pivot low or something else that might developing. And maybe they don't even test this trend line. Maybe they do it three or four days from now, which makes the trend line higher than it is today. It's a guideline we should be aware of. Something like this we call an awareness. If the market comes down, we want to be aware from a weekly chart perspective of 217.44, why that exists, why it's important. That's a breakup candle. It's the low. And if they break that low, we have the same scenario we just looked at in the SPY earlier. You have all of a sudden another spot just below it that becomes the next spot, 214.22. And by the way, you have an upsloping 50-period moving average that this market is riding. That's what we're looking at from a longer-term perspective of the IWM. They're not ready to collapse or break down just yet. You find them below some of those numbers, one of two of those numbers, below the 50-period moving average. That's a different scenario. We look at the market for what it's providing back to us in the form of information and data, and we don't look beyond. We don't guess. We don't say, what if? We don't say, yeah, but it looks like. It doesn't look like until you're pretty darn sure it is because they just did another thing that opened the door for the thing that is to be is. I recognize that was from the school of, is he freaking bonkers? The answer is, yes, he is. And what I mean by that, and I'm going to lay it out in simple terms, I always was going to do that. What happens is, let's say the market's coming into 217.44 tomorrow. It's at 217.90. Some traders could say stuff like, it looks like it's going to come into the 50-period moving average. Or it looks like they're going to go all the way down to test this low of 209.05. It doesn't look like that. Or this low here, that's the one we were talking about before, 214.22. It doesn't look like that. It can't look like that because I can make a case using a different chart. It could look like something entirely different. What we can say and what I do say on a regular basis, like every day, all day is, hey, if they run a test of this spot, A, it should hold. They may spike it, 
but you should find a reaction back in the other direction. And by the way, if you don't, then the next spot is this. And if they start closing candles below spot A, the door opens for spot B. And that's the only way I know of to trade the market, to trade a stock, to trade a commodity, to trade baseball cards. That's just one example using a typically important price area on this chart today. There are other ones that have different appearances for different reasons. We talk about them all the time. This was a hypothetical example using a real chart. How's it going with the folks down at the transportation department? 14,760 is the number we've been talking about forever. Today's high was pretty darn close. They didn't do it, they fell away, but let's take a look at what's really happening. They're trying to get to an important spot. Maybe today was all they can do on the northern side, but they were down three-tenths of 1%, less than the SPY, less than the IWM. It is my second favorite market-leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Now, we've been talking about this one every single day. We've had our eye on it. They have been making a run for 14760 They almost got there today. Is this a signal that by not getting there, they're so weak, they're just going to fall away? Or they came up short, and they'll do it later, tomorrow, the following day, or whenever. Remember, what's important to us about that number is not whether they hit it during the day or they close above it during the day. What's important is, do they close above it by the end of the day on Friday, any Friday? It's a weekly important spot from where I sit. What about the Q people? Silicon Valley folks. Now, they're back below that same neckline from before that looked like a failure. Well, guess what? Do you have a failure of a failure? Well, guess what? This, as far as I'm concerned, it's off the table. I don't like the back and forth stuff. I'm just going to ignore it, and I'm going to go about my business analyzing the charts like I always do. This is contrary to what we're seeing in the IWM. Now, on a comparative basis, today the Qs were down about as much as the SPY. They're a little bit ahead in terms of the 100-period moving average, but not enough to make up a bread box. You have a situation where last week, they ran a test of some lower numbers. They closed the week back above the 20-period moving average in the nick of time. They didn't have to, but they put in a tail candle. Now they're back below the 20-week moving average, but it's early in the week. It only matters where they close the week. Are they running a test halfway down, three-quarters of the way down, a quarter of the way down of this tail candle on the weekly chart? And will it take a day or two or three to get it done? Or will they get below this low, 350.32 is the low, and if they get below it and they close the week below that number, there's trouble in paradise for Q people. That's the weekly chart rundown. Same scenario on the daily chart, only different. Here's the low, 350.32, some reason, Along the line, somebody thought that was an important number, 350.32. They wanted to save the day at the fat round number of 350. They didn't get there to screw over the people waiting for it. Something like that. They're coming back to run a test. And notice, this is different than the SPY. The SPY ran a test over here, up in this zone here, 
where the original low was made. The Qs went a lot lower, but still yet it doesn't matter because all we need to know is, are they going to play defense? Are they just running a test halfway down or some portion of the way down of the weekly chart tail candle? And, and this is where you have to go back to the archives from the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, is it on time? How about the financials? Here we go again. They spiked the high. They have a reversal day, finished near the lows, lower than yesterday or Friday's lows, yet they haven't filled the gap. The low today, and you'll get a kick out of this. We see this a lot in the XLF. The low today was 38.61, and the gap was 38.60. Interesting. So they didn't fill the gap on purpose, obviously. They'll do it tomorrow, or they're going to stay above it and stay near the highs, and that would tell us that they're ultimately going to go higher. Closing hourly below that gap likely brings lower prices, and you'll want to know the next question, which is, how much lower and where would they be going? Good question. The gap is at 3860. How about 3812, 3817, 3814 in that neighborhood? Maybe down to 38. There should be garden variety of chart support in that zone at that price. What happens if it's a trap door and they're killing the XLF along with everything else? What's the secondary number for argument's sake? 37.50, give or take. It's really a slightly different number, but for rounding purposes, 37.50. What about Smash Mouth? Same routine. Are they gonna fail and get below this stuff where they're gonna play defense or not play defense? And if they don't, they're gonna get below this low, 248.78, below this 200 period moving average. They will be on the daily chart below all moving averages and the SMH is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. So if that starts happening, we have to watch out below the trap door is opening. Here's an example of the stuff we're talking about. So here you have a 120 minute chart and here you have a breakup candle and the low is 253.27 and look what happened. They closed below that low on this 120 minute candle ending today. Here would be the fake out if tomorrow they're down, for example, and we're just using the SMH as an example for learning and teaching purposes, if they're down, the next area of support is really around 252.30, give or take, and it's not that far away, begins to look like a failure, and then all of a sudden, if that was the number, if that was the destination, then guess what? You'll find themselves right back up above, and the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew will have showed up. If that number's not right either, where are they going? Then they'll spike through 251 and they'll make a run for the big fat round number of 250 and during options expiration week, what you would normally have is they would do what they did before. What we showed before is they'll pull up short and instead of getting to 250, they'll get to 250, 50, 250, 60, 250, 40, something like that. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.